Hey, can you turn the radio on? Stay with sunny periods. However, there may be more cloud. story comes from Crystal Beach in Fort Erie, Ontario, on the day of May 5th, 1896. The water was still and beautiful, reflecting the closing of a fair day. The beginning of spring Crystal Beach was only just waking from hibernation, but now the land's residents settled into their nests after a busy day, all except a handful of birds and humans. A group of four, the people walked along the water's edge, enjoying the warming temperatures and the lake's almost complete defrosting. In the distance... The water turned violently. It splashed and bubbled and frothed, as if some long-forgotten cargo had unexpectedly opened up. No boats agitated the water, crossing by. In fact, no watercraft had passed by since their arrival. Though they hadn't paid close attention, they were certain no one was in the lake. The water and air were always too cool to swim in this time of year. They would have noticed someone so daring. Perplexed, they stood on the sandy shore's edge and watched. Up from the water rose a large creature. Though it was too far away to see well, its head had a short snout like a dog, and its long body ended in a stumpy, pointed tail. It wavered on the surface of the lake, drifting back and forth, but never dipping below. Excitedly watching, guessing at what it could be, the onlookers stepped into the cool lake. Shading their view with cupped hands, they stared and burned the strange animal into their memories. No one's view wavered, no one stepped away, too enthralled by the unusual sight. After 45 minutes had passed, and twilight arrived, the figure suddenly sank back into the water. It vanished as quickly as it had arrived. Welcome back to Ballyraven and Forfend Radio. Now, a new episode of Forfend. This broadcast is brought to you by the Ballyraven Patreon and its cryptid wildlife agents, Christina Baker, 
Tanya Downing, Julia Teague, Matthew Shang, Shelby Fulton, Donovan Sharer, Heather, Michael Shang, Tracy and Lita Puckett, T. Carter Ross, Ronald Miller, and Daniel Berry. This month marks the two-year anniversary of three of our members, Ronald, Daniel, and Mr. Ross. Thank you so much for your support and sticking around so long. Cryptid research would not be possible without you, so we dedicate this episode to you. Happy two-year memberversary! It churns the waves and concerns the boats. A small head braves the water and floats. Slick and patient, it stills nonetheless, floating, vacant. Not a new bess, this lake star caro. Viewers distress of teeth spots shadow. Under dark fog, it toured Crystal Beach. Great water dog had gone with a screech. This is the story of Lake Erie's giant mud puppy. Several mysterious creatures lurk only in the waters of Lake Erie. This one, however, is the least threatening of all. Spending most of its life here, on the lake floor, the benthic layer. The sun only starting to rise... She wakes, wriggling out from under sand and silt and debris. It is time to eat. Known by several names, the crystal beach creature, the water dog, the giant porpoise, and the giant mud puppy. She is not a fish or a salamander, as her name would suggest, but a reptile more akin to a turtle or a lizard. Coming up to the surface to fill her lungs, it is easy to see why she has gained her titles. Her form mostly obscured by water and wave, only part of her face, spine, and tail are visible. Her hide shimmers in the water, taking on a slickened appearance. Spots speckle the back, very reminiscent of a salamander's skin. While she is a dark gray color with lighter spots, the species' coloration may range in any tone of gray, with a snout, large round eyes, and an orb-like head, her face also resembles that of a dog, or, when taking into account only the head and back, a porpoise, especially from a distance. Combined with the arch of her back and the tip of her tail, she gives a deceptive impression, one she uses to her advantage. Surfacing and wriggling her body when escaping predators or feeling endangered, those who see her from the surface become uncertain. Is this what they were chasing? Is this one of the lake's more dangerous residents? The possibility of facing something more menacing, even one only the size of a giant mud puppy, is enough to scare off most enemies. Her body warmed and lungs full of air once more, she inflates her water bladder and sinks. (laughs) 
a cold-blooded, semi-aquatic reptile, she will need to come up for air every two hours and sun herself intermittently until evening comes. Even to meet these needs, she will camouflage herself. Unlike when escaping prey, when she poses as a plesiosaur or a serpent, the curving, bony formation of her back resembles a rough piece of wood when sunbathing. Alternatively, when coming up to breathe, she will only poke her snout from the water. Surfacing for air is easily missed by those looking out into the water, as her snout is so thin. From below, the large animal looks completely different. With an unfinned, bulky body and a strange mouth, it would be hard to mistake her for any of the lake's other cryptids, or even a mundane animal. Rigid and long, she has four short, slender limbs, a tail, and a rotund body. Her torso is taught by a prominent and bony back that arches upwards, peaking just above the hind leg before tapering dramatically downward. The shadow she casts on the dirt below remarkably resembles a giant prehistoric turtle's. Her head, though, is her most striking aspect. A round, elongated face with only the slight indication of a beak. Strange, chisel-like teeth jut from her snout. Her mouth stretches almost to her neck in a wide, mirthless grin. Mouth unable to close, she has a noticeably large overbite. Like the strange puzzle, her head and short neck connect to a blocky, almost oversized torso, which ends in a stumpy tail that is flattened like a doorstopper set on its side. Oblong and protruding, black orbs sit almost completely outside of her eye sockets, watchful of what lurks ahead and behind. So incredibly different looking from above and below, it is no wonder that the giant mud puppy is misidentified and inaccurately described. Its existence is one of the reasons Lake Erie encounters can be hard to determine with accuracy. In fact, its deception is so confusing and compelling that it has only been identified with certainty two other times. Once, on July 8, 1990, in Cedar Point, Ohio, when a woman saw a long, gray, pointy-tailed creature two miles from the shore, and another sighting in September 1990 in Port Clinton, Ohio, when a jet skier witnessed a long, gray, spotted porpoise-like animal descending into the lake. While the creature appeared to have humps at a glance, the man could tell that it was not serpentine as it plummeted out of view. Strangely, there are no accounts of any Lake Erie cryptid being seen under the water. Settled on the lake bed, she can finally eat. Giant mud puppies are bottom feeders, eating mollusks and mussels, turtles, and macroinvertebrates, like worms and insect larvae. Her teeth are the perfect tools, plucking shellfish from hard surfaces and tight spaces with ease. These protected morsels are moved to the back of the mouth, 
where they are crushed by several rounded, flat teeth that resemble medicinal tablets. She spits out the shell, swallowing the animal inside. Her protruding incisors may also be used to pin and pierce more active prey. If she comes across as small, sickly, or injured fish, she may target those, prodding and piercing them until lifeless. Yet, with a short neck, heavy head, and slow body, she is unable to eat much aside from shellfish. A heavy, awkward-moving animal, she is not well-equipped to swim. Her inflexible, crocodilian arms only work to slowly paddle and change direction, her webbed fingers and toes propelling her forward with little speed. However, she doesn't really need to swim fast to get what she needs each day. Before she knows it, light begins to wane and it is nearly sunset. She deflates her water bladder and ascends to the surface. There, she replenishes her supply of oxygen. When resting, she can hold her breath for seven hours. She won't need to resurface until the morning, unless there's trouble. Sinking back down to the lake bed, she starts to burrow into the benthic layer once more, covering herself with a thin layer of sediment, rock, and lake debris. She chooses a spot among the rocks, her gray, bumpy body blending in. She leaves only her nostrils and back exposed before drifting off to sleep. It is unfortunately the cold, more brutal part of winter, which means the giant mud puppies must come to shore. As ice forms on the lake's surface, she and others of her kind exit the water to enter brumation. During this process, she will not sleep as mammals do during hibernation, but enter a state of dormancy. Her body will temporarily shut down to conserve energy. She will not move, defecate, eat, drink, or respond to external stimuli as often while in brumation. Yet, this does not mean that the animal will not get up until the spring. In fact, she will wake throughout the season to primarily drink water. To withstand this difficult time, she comes up to land and buries herself along the coast, just out of water's reach. Giant mud puppies congregate in one of three locations found along Lake Erie's shore. Though they meet once a year, it is for two reasons, for brumation and reproduction. These sites will not be revealed for the animal's protection. Though nearer together than at any time, mature giant mud puppies do not communicate with one another or directly interact in any way during their entire stay on shore.
Once the ice begins to melt, the creatures stir, becoming more and more active as the days grow warmer. Before returning to their typical routines, another, more pressing inclination arises. It is mating season. Unlike other animal species, this reptile does not need to court or be courted. In fact, it is unnecessary and possibly impossible for even giant mud puppies to differentiate between the sexes. Each individual simply knows what they must do. An egg layer, the individual we follow, digs a shallow hole in a place protected by brush. Within, she deposits four unfertilized, round, leathery gray eggs the size of a marble. Uncovered, the eggs release a scent sought out by egg fertilizers. Male giant mud puppies spend the first part of their spring traveling to each nesting ground. There, they walk the shoreline and fertilize each nest they encounter, covering them with a layer of sediment and debris afterward. Hatching in the summer, they will feed on zoo and phytoplankton, slowly growing in size. Small and weak, much time must pass before they can enter the water as their parents do. Their skulls, limbs, and organs are not yet fully developed. Teeth emerge first, expanding the menu they can eat from. Their water and air-retaining organs develop last, expanding the waters with which they can explore and feed from. The majority, though, will not make it to adolescence, falling prey to birds and other reptiles. Procreating in large numbers, while many will perish before even hatching, or be eaten as juveniles, enough will make it to adulthood and eventually produce offspring of their own. Next year, she will winter in one of the two other nesting grounds. Her role performed, she waddles back towards the water. While giant mud puppies are slow-moving for the most part, they are especially slow and clumsy on land. Because of this, they are prone to predation from larger carnivores. During their short spell on land, there are few options to defend themselves, aside from camouflage. When faced by land-dwelling hunters, they are usually unsuccessful. But, when hunted by water-dwelling creatures, they more often than not escape. She knows she must hurry back to the safety of the lake. Sunset already passed. She hurriedly burrows into the lake bed, hungry and anxious. The clouds of kicked up dirt and debris alert all around of her presence. Her scent is still fresh, carried through the water. She is not yet hidden, and certainly not alone. Completely still, she waits for the shadowy figure to pass by. It does not. Brushing the lake bed with powerful flippers and snapping, digging at the ground with a fanged head, she is forced from hiding. Her only current means of escape against such a quick, deadly opponent. She uses her greatest defense, her water bladder. The lake above and below her churns violently as she takes in large quantities of water 
propelling it outside of the body through the cloaca. The water movement disrupts her enemy's swim, slightly disorienting and agitating them as a sour, burning taste infects the respiratory system. Connected to the esophagus and surrounded by bands of strong muscles, the body constricts along with these specialized fibers. With this motion, the water bladder is compressed with great strength, spewing water outside and past a secreting gland, which laces the excretion with an unpleasant substance. Once the water bladder is empty, more water is taken in through the respiratory system. The process is repeated, and with speed. While excreting, the pathways to the lungs are blocked, and oxygen reserves are quickly depleted. However, some oxygen is still taken into the body, absorbed through the lining of the cloaca. Water bladder pumping shoots the animal upwards with amazing speed. From the surface, the water froths and bubbles and spurts, the creature popping up from below. After making her escape, she is disoriented. Deprived of oxygen, it takes a minute before she can orient herself. Moving towards the land as fast as she can, she knows she cannot dissuade this hunter from pursuit. It mercilessly hunts even its own kin. Reaching the shore, she clambers up onto the ground. Seeing the long-necked animal behind her, she suddenly freezes, hoping her adversary's senses are poor. Its smell and sight, however, are excellent in and out of the water. It breaches, reaching over the soil with a long, muscular neck, snapping up the animal and dragging her into the water. While a mud puppy's sheer bulk can prevent prey from moving where it does not wish, and its spine protecting from all but the strongest of jaws is crunch, this monster, Bessie, is far too well equipped to hunt and take down all of the lake's inhabitants. All is peaceful once more on the lake, at least for this night. While the giant mud puppy's population is densest in the south, individuals frequent the eastern portion of the lake and may be found anywhere within the water's boundaries. Due to low birth and survival rates, the giant mud puppy's population is exceedingly small and threatened. The species is protected, hunting prohibited, and most cryptid touristy practices forbidden. The decline of this cryptid's population is mainly due to human activity, water pollution, habitat destruction, climate change, and overfishing have greatly affected the lake's ecology, in addition to fostering a series of fatal or damaging illnesses. Reversely, the introduction of the zebra mussel has bolstered the animal's diet. An increase in giant mud puppies will help regulate this invasive species and lessen its negative environmental impact. Tied to their access to food, age, and habitat size, 
these animals may grow as large as their environment permits. The largest recorded individual was 25 feet long, from snout tip to tail end. Though, in modern times, the maximum size reached is much smaller, 6 to 7 feet long. This has been a look into the life of Lake Erie's giant mud puppy. When more information is gathered on these fascinating animals, we will revisit them. Next time, the Ballaraven and Forfin Cryptid Wildlife Protection Agency investigates an enormous frog said to hide in the diminishing swamps of Ohio. What does it look like? How can you avoid accidentally becoming its next meal? Find out on Pop, an episode premiering this spring. You can support cryptid research and influence the next Forfin investigation by joining the Bally Raven and Forfin Patreon. Thank you so much for tuning in.